everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take a look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of Destiel fan fiction. We're almost up to 96,000 fanfics in Destiel pairing now. So we've got quite a lot to get through. <laughs> but <laughs> this week, um, we've been asked, thanks to popular demand, we um, are going to take a look at fics that are set in space. Space gaze, my Yay. favorite. So to help us discuss perfect Dark Side of the Moon, as well as a few other space fics that we've picked out, we would like to welcome Cass. Um, Cass, do you want to let us know what your different handles are on AO3 and Twitter and places? Yeah, um, yeah. well, my name is Cass, as you said. Um, I'm also Imogen by Night on AO3, um, Violet Matter on Twitter, and The Violet Captain on Tumblr. Um, because apparently I'm incapable of just choosing a username and sticking with it. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for having me. Welcome. Um, so we're gonna, we've got four fics that we're going to talk about, as well as Dark Side of the Moon. Um, the other ones are um, The Parts of Our Sum by Annie D, um, Untethered by The Twisted Willow, and Skies of Powdered Gold by Cass Falls in Love. And as always, links to all the fics that we're going to be talking about today are going to be available in the episode's post on mixtapebookclub.com and also included in our master collection on AO3. Yeah. So, um, Space Gaze. Um, How much do we love Space Gaze? (laughs) (laughs) Love. This is my jam, (laughs) y'all. I'm here. Yes. (laughs) There is not enough frankly no that's true actually when we were i was looking at through the tags for it and um the alternate universe space tag is actually quite small for for destiel so you know get writing those space gaze fix people (laughs) but um i'm I'm on it don't you worry (laughs) i know you are um the the whole reason that we decided to do this topic so quickly was that um a few episodes ago we spoke about um i'd cross the sky for you by super honey yeah and um about a coffee shop in au in space um and everyone was sort of like we need space gaze so we're like okay <laughs> we'll do that um so <laughs> basically we're persuaded. just like giant sci-fi nerds over here um <laughs> do we want to give like one of the questions that we did get from our friends in the um in the profound bond server um was that was to um, talk about sci-fi, sci-fi that has influenced all of us and, you know, why we sort of love it so much. So, mm. I don't know, do you want to go each one at a time and talk about what, the sci-fi that we love? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I guess, I yeah, um, I'm just trying to think. Um, so I, I guess from when I was um, really young, I was always really into the X-Files um, and that's probably how sci-fi, yeah. I, that was kind of my way in. Um to sci-fi and then you know star wars star trek battlestar galactica all of the stars <laughs> um it's just it's such there's such a wide scope um for storytelling when it comes to having the entire universe at your fingertips which i think is a very attractive thing as a writer definitely how about you mel well for me um I was one of those kids, like, my ex-stepdad was always super into, like, 
the old sci-fi, I guess, from when he was a kid. Mm. So, like, all of the old movies from the 50s, like, 20 million miles from Earth and the day the Earth stood still Mm. and all that, like, really corny, like, stuff. So that was kind of, like, I guess our bonding thing that we did when I was a kid. Like, he would put on those, like, really old sci-fi movies. Mm. And then when I went to college... Um, one of my roommates was like the biggest sci-fi nerd but in my head that was what I connected sci-fi to like I didn't really have any like connection to like more modern sci-fi I was just like oh it's like the weird puppets and bad lighting you know (laughs) Um, (laughs) which horrified my roommate so then I got you know a crash course whether I wanted to or not Um, so it was very much like if you imagine if you met Charlie in real life and she you found out that you know, you had never watched Star Trek. Her reaction was exactly what happened to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I got the whole rundown. Star Trek, Star Wars, all the stars, like we said. Um, Stargate, like everything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so for me, uh, my parents are big sci-fi nerds, like, to start with. Like, they've been Doctor Who fans for... Mm. Before they were called Whovians. Um <laughs> long time ago and so they yeah so I must have watched Star Wars when I was probably I don't know a baby like you know going to the (laughs) cinema to watch it I guess but um so yeah I've always loved that kind of um space adventure type stuff and then um I always enjoyed reading like the hard sci-fi stuff like actually you know spaceships and I guess um technological sci-fi books as well so Mm. But um, one thing that I find really interesting about this, the Destiel fan, well, the, the SPN fandom, I guess, is that I found a bunch of people who were also really big fans of Red Dwarf because oh. I was a huge Red Dwarf fan <laughs> in, in my <laughs> high school years. Um, I was really kind of bordering on my first kind of real fandom. And, um, and then randomly later I mentioned it to people and they're like, oh, yeah, I love that show. <laughs> so anyway... Um, that's my nerdy um, confession time. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the, um, the and then reading some of the, the hard sci-fi, like, you know, spaceships and all that kind of thing, whenever there I find a book like that that actually has romance in it, I'm always really surprised because often those kind of sci-fi is more, I guess it's, it's not uh, aimed at people who enjoy reading romance. So to have especially in our kind of fandom um that kind of story that also has a really awesome romance in it is just Mm. perfect (laughs) oh yeah that there needs to be more sci-fi romance like that's a niche that we just need to go into and make explode right because i think we should see why those two things can't go together like amazing world building and romance yes please (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's just not that much of it around like um i don't know i'm always a bit surprised when i find some yeah, it's um, definitely an under um, an underserved niche, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a good segue into one of the other um, questions that we had from from PB. We had um, how do the writers who are writing about space in when you have such a big kind of world building or you know universe building task to do? Um, how do you avoid too much exposition in that. I mean, this is not just for fanfic. This is for any sci-fi, I'm sure. Um, you know, to balance that with your romance story that you're inserting. What do you think? Mm. Um, 
it's a difficult I don't know if balance. It's, yeah, I, yeah, it is a difficult balance, but I don't know if it's necessarily that different to writing any kind of AU where you have mm. to world build, really. Um, like if you were writing a fantasy story or something else, you'd still have to do that, I think. And you'd still have to be careful about, you know, feeding that to your reader gradually and not just dumping it all on them at the beginning and putting them to sleep. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, especially that, um, yeah, of, of that gradual feed of information. But also I think um, a lot of it comes down to um, doing a lot of world building and planning and things that you don't actually explicitly mention <laughs> in, yeah. in the story yes. itself, which is something <laughs> that I definitely do a lot of myself, um, where you may you know you might know the the full history of this universe that you've created um but you're only mentioning little pieces of it um but because you know that full backstory yourself when you're writing it you don't really need to include all of it um you can have characters casually mention things and there's still a consistency when somebody else mentions something else later <laughs> because you are holding all those pieces in the back of your mind um that you don't necessarily need to tell um, the reader, you know, the specifics of, of some space battle that's happened somewhere or um, or if you were writing a fantasy of, you know, some warring factions uh, of some other castle, um, you don't necessarily need to mention all of those details um, as long as you know them uh, yourself, I think, is the trick. Yeah, yeah that's so accurate, I think, because you, you need a whole world for your character to see, yeah. even if we're only seeing it through the character's eyes you you need to have somewhere to put them yeah and uh so yeah very very accurate i think like i have thousands and thousands of words of world building like I, there was a one story i wrote that was like i think it was about forty thousand words and actually mm. my document that just has like research and notes and outlining and all that stuff in it is almost thirty thousand by itself yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> that sounds very familiar <laughs> Um, so talking about world building and research, um, let's go and talk about your fic, um, Cass. Yeah. Okay, so Dark Side of the Moon um, is by Imogen by Night on AO3. It was a DCBB story in 2013, so it's got art as well um, from Thimblings. And it's 37,000 words long and it is rated M. Um, and would you mind reading the summary for us? Yeah. Uh, five months into his six-month mission, an accident leaves flight engineer Dean Winchester stranded on the moon. It comes down to a man he's never met to bring him home. Very short and sweet um, synopsis for that one. But I mean, very accurate. That really tells you exactly what the fic is about. So. <laughs> yeah, so I guess we give a bit of a rundown on what uh, this, the premise is that um, Dean does go to the moon um, as like as part of a, a mission to install some mining equipment that he yep. has designed, um, which is one of the things I really love about this story. And in, I guess space fix in general is Dean is usually some kind of engineer and um, yes. he's able to show just how smart he actually is by yes. having attended this university <laughs> and got into a space program. This is actually um, one of the little notes that I, because I, I, I'm a bit of a, 
nerd. Um, I made my little list of notes of things that I could mention <laughs> during yes. um, during the podcast. And um, one of the first things I wrote was that one of my favorite things in Space Fix is how they always lean into um, Dean's engineering abilities and how smart he is. <laughs> I mean, he, yeah. he custom built himself an EMF meter with a broken Walkman. He's smart. <laughs> yep. So it's. Um, well, I feel like right at the start there in the show, they kind of made him one way and then they leaned into the kind of they leaned into him being more of the uh you know not a smart for comedy effect later in the series it felt to me like um i i never felt that he was being portrayed as less smart more that other characters underestimated him and so it always was always a bit heartbreaking but it never it never really occurred to me that he seemed less smart more that just other characters would would assume that he was less smart and he sort of brushed it off and didn't defend himself where he maybe should have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it was often to his advantage to let people think he wasn't mm, as yeah. smart as he actually was. And, um, and also, like, the two things can coexist just because they concentrate on Dean being kind of goofy and mm. wearing his hot dog pajama pants and all this other kind of stuff like <laughs> that doesn't cancel out him being smart <laughs> like, he's allowed to be a smart idiot yes <laughs> yes um so I guess to continue with the story uh an accident like happens and Joe and the other one mm-hmm. is um it is Victor Joe Victor and um Victor and, and Pam. Pam, that's right. Oh, Pam. I was so sad about Pam. So yeah. they, yeah, an accident happens yeah. and they um, get killed. I guess that's not really a spoiler because you kind of need to know. <laughs> the yeah. start, there is some <laughs> canonical mean, side character. It's right death. there in the summary that there's a there's an accident. That's so. right. Yeah. And um, so Dean's left <laughs> yeah. on his own. Um, yeah, that was really sad that part. Um, but yeah, then Dean starts questioning the reality around him. So yeah. Um, I loved the way that he started hallucinating and everything. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> very well done. Very creepy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I really liked how you wrote that because I'm a big fan of um, Lovecraftian horror. Mm. So, although I I always feel like I have to put the disclaimer out there that the man was a douche hat, but like, yes. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I like person. the legacy he left us with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... And I could definitely see elements of that in what you wrote and the way that you wrote Dean's hallucinations and things that are mm. going on in this story. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Oh, good. And I actually feel like the artist did a really good job. Oh, um, yeah. Portraying yeah, that she did what was going on there, too. She did an incredible job. I I was um, beside myself when I got the, um, when she sent through the art. This was um, the first um, DCBB, like the first challenge that I'd ever done. So it was the first time I'd been... Luckily, lucky enough to have art created um, for anything that I'd written. So to to receive the the work that she did that she'd done was so exciting. Um, it's really yeah. expressive, um, really cool art that she made. Yeah. So how much um, research did you actually do to <laughs> work out all these? <laughs> like I know that you did because you've already said, but um, the the day to day lives of astronauts I guess and um having living on the moon and that kind of thing yeah um I did a lot so I I remember I um this was actually a, a real mess this 
fic when I started it um, because it was only a couple of weeks before the draft due date um, for the DCBB. Um, so many DCBBs get written like that. Don't yeah. They? Well, the thing was, I'd been writing, I'd been writing something else that was a canon universe um, fic because um, that's all that I really wrote up until that point was canon universe. Um, and it was getting too long and I realised there was no way I was going to finish it in time. So I basically I was scrambling to think of something to work on and someone sent me um, the video of um, this astronaut, uh, Chris Hadfield, singing Space Oddity on the space station. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember I, that. Yes, um, yes. I love Chris Hadfield. Yeah, so someone <laughs> sent me that video and I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, And I started watching all this stuff about the um about the astronauts you know day-to-day lives and i sort of that's kind of where the um, idea sprung from so so before i even started there was a bunch of i guess research of watching all these videos of astronauts but then from there i um i found all these message boards that like nasa message boards that apparently you can just access online um where people are discussing their jobs at nasa um, and I listened to audio recordings from the moon landing in the, the 1969 moon landing. Um, I read huge amounts of, um, of like research papers and things on, on, you know, what kind of plants can be grown in low gravity. <laughs> I, I did an insane oh. amount of research. Um, I also have, um, a good friend of mine, um, uh, AJ, who is um, somebody that I used to discuss Supernatural with a lot, um, is an astrophysicist. So <laughs> talking yeah. about um, so the, the group that we would all sort of discuss the show, um, so I'd sort of bring things up within the, um, within the chat and AJ would offer little bits of <laughs> information as well. So yeah, I had a, a lot of research, a, a frankly ridiculous awesome. amount of research. <laughs> For a fic that was only um, 37,000 words, again, it was probably that same amount of, um, of research documents that I ended up having. I mean, sometimes the research is almost as much fun as actually writing the, yeah. <laughs> the story, in my opinion. <laughs> Definitely. It is. That, that, one I, that one I mentioned earlier where you just said like the research was about the same amount, mm. that was one where um, Dean gets sent to Mars. So, like... yeah so much of my research was just like listening to audio of like takeoffs from Cape Canaveral and yeah. stuff just yeah. listening to it over and over and like making notes and stuff but but it is fun yeah like, and you feel really productive even when you're not getting words on the page which is quite unusual yeah that's true <laughs> yes. this um this actually was originally going to be set um set on Mars as well um and it ended up being because of the research that I was doing um, there were a number of things that just weren't going to work um, if I did set it on Mars, so I ended up having to change it, um, mm-hmm. which is really funny. So the, um, basically this whole story um, is it's kind of a metaphor, um, like of thematically it's about the idea of isolation as a metaphor for hell. Um, and so I had originally been planning to set it on Mars, being like the red planet, so it was going to be a lot more visually hellish so then when oh, i've uh, yeah. when i had to change it to being on the moon for numerous sciencey reasons that i can barely even remember now but um when i had to change it to the moon i was so i sort of struggled to to find a way to make it still feel 
hellish. Um, so I hope that I managed to do that. But <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the fact that that Cass has to come and rescue him to pull him out of there is mm. like a, kind of the major metaphor. That yeah. <laughs> but that that was a big indicator. But um, no, it definitely <laughs> felt like that, especially when he was, you know, um, on his own and going through, you know, his um, trauma all yeah. over again, kind of thing. Uh, and I guess one of the things that I thought was really fascinating um, was his when he first is on his own and he starts seeing things and he and the fact that everything is still on the moon like there's no yeah. wind there's no there's no trees no nothing everything is just completely still <laughs> and I yeah. thought that was a really freaky kind of concept which I yeah. appreciated <laughs> yeah actually that was something that um, ended up being a bit of a a happy accident I think I because I'd put something I originally had had a line somewhere near the beginning of of like a like a windstorm or something that within within minutes of, of doing it I I'd done some more research and discovered wait there's no wind on the moon um, which is actually how that whole bit came about came about was because I'd just sort of um, instinctively written about something that's physically impossible um and they then my research on Mars. yeah <laughs> the amount of times yeah, I, I kind of flip-flop. I almost the exact opposite experience there yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like it's so dead quiet outside and then i researched and was like nope mars nope. is pretty noisy yeah <laughs> oh, really <laughs> okay, gotta change that yeah <laughs> it was funny it was the um i think it must have been it must have been something that i'd originally had when i'd originally been sitting on mars maybe i'm not sure i just remember that yeah i um I very quickly realized that wait, I can't have I can't have there being a terrible windstorm on the the rock with no atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those little things that you just don't think of. Yeah. Until yeah. suddenly you're in the middle of it and you're like, "Oh, oh wait." <laughs> well, I guess that's the joy of riding on a planet that well, you know, a heavenly body, I guess that isn't familiar is mm. that you can make up like within reason you can have mm. just about anything you want <laughs> like yeah. um if it's a planet that's not known to us i guess so on the moon you are bound by certain physical yes. <laughs> um certainties but um for example the other fix that we the other fic that we're reading about uh the stargate au one mm-hmm. is a planet that you know they could have made up anything they wanted about that one so mm. yeah Shall yeah. we go on to that one since I started talking yeah. about it? Yes. Yeah, as you mentioned it. <laughs> now I mention it. Good segue. So this fic I'm, we're going to talk about next is called Untethered. Um, it's by The Twisted Willow. And it was published last year, 2020, and 32,000 words long. And it is also rated M. So this fic was written for the Media Big Bang last year in 2020. And so it contains art from jdragon122 um just a couple of warnings on this one it does have dubious consent and non-explicit impreg in it if that's not your thing read the tags um you know make your own decision um the summary goes like this forced into a new life on an alien world dean must learn to rely on the land an array of undiscovered skills and strengths and a collective of people who are so very different and yet so alike in many ways. This uh, story is based on an episode of Stargate um, SG-1, I think, but it's not a crossover. Um, doesn't have actual Stargate characters in it. 
So it's just basically Dean um, is stranded on a planet um, that is quite Earth-like, I guess. Um, but the people there are actually, I didn't write it down anywhere here, but it is. this is actually um, an ABO story, um, a megaverse. So he, meet, he runs into Cass, who um, is an Omega, basically. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably not a spoiler to say that it's an ABO story where Dean doesn't understand that it's an ABO story because he's mm-hmm. not from there. Um, and Cass is also very confused because Dean kind of looks and acts like an alpha, but is definitely not one. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting in, in that sense for people who are into ABO. It's definitely something a little bit different yeah. on that front. Yeah, I'd actually even say, um, so I... Um, I'm usually pretty squicked out by both ABO Dynamics and Empreg, but this fic didn't bother me at all. I really enjoyed it. So I feel like um, yeah. it's probably worth saying that if you, if anyone sort of is um, usually squicked by those things, that this might be one that you could give a shot. Because, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it, it wasn't, um, both of those elements aren't, like, they're not really super explicit. Um and yeah, it is a different sort of approach than than what I've seen before and have have been squeaked by in the past. Um, so yeah, yeah, I just wanted to yeah to say that as well. That's a very good point. Yeah, it didn't have many of the um, a lot of the tropes that we usually see in ABO wasn't in this. So yeah, a lot of the yeah. omegas who are you know having children and caring for them are the women, and the alphas are the men mainly. I think mm. that's yeah. Because um, I, I think the point of it was a little different here than than the usual points of of writing ABO. In yeah. this case, I think it was definitely a um, it was more of a different path of evolution, I guess, mm. on a different planet rather than any of the more kind of social constructs that we look at ABO through the lens of here. <laughs> yeah. If that yeah, if that makes any sense. Um, it was it was more a biology thing than a kind of anything else. Um evolution but it was really it was really interesting and i liked the way that you could read the fic to start with and not even realize because we're seeing it through dean's eyes and he doesn't get it like abo is as much of a strange thing to him as it would be in real life to me or you so yeah yeah interesting interesting way of handling it i was quite curious about that and even though we he is um obviously we've talked about impreg so it's not a sort of a spoiler to say that Cass is the one who gets pregnant um it's not um we don't end up actually seeing them with the baby or you know giving birth or anything like that so if that's also part of the squeak for you then you don't have to worry about that yeah <laughs> it's usually quite nice to see them be parents yeah times. but um I did love the way that um you know this did have a lot of nods to Stargate Universe in it like mm. the um, the technologies, um, you know, the name, the planets that they are visiting and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I thought it was really well done as a kind of a merge, <laughs> not really a yeah. crossover, but a... Remember this, I think, was one of the, either the first or second year that we were doing um, MBB. Yep. And so I remember from that and from discussions involving that, that this is based on a um, an episode, I think, in the first season of Stargate. Um, where one of the characters in the TV show ends up on this kind of very rural, um, kind of like a farming planet, um, and ends up 
falling in love with a woman that he meets there. Um, so obviously, <laughs> we have a slightly different version here, but I can definitely see where the inspiration came from. So, I um I've only seen really a couple of episodes of Stargate, um, but it's the the author I think did a really good job of making the Stargate aspects of the story accessible to people who haven't really seen the show and who aren't really familiar with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, they did a very good job of incorporating little bits and pieces without um, overwhelming um, the story with things that people who don't watch Stargate would not understand. Um, and it is just really, really beautifully written, I think, as well. It's really evocative, evocative writing. Yeah. And um, they've also done a great job of gradually revealing mm. to Dean um, what's happening in this place. Like, he knows something's not quite right with all of the scenting and all of the things that are going on, even, not not even just with the um, Omegaverse stuff, but in general, why are these people here and why are they so much mm. like humans and stuff? So, um, yeah, I always like uh, following J Dragon's art because I feel like when she does um, like supernatural um, things, she'll like always have to pick really interesting ones so yeah. <laughs> even just yeah. through following the art you can find some really really interesting stories because they always pick you know really cool stuff and the style as well of the art is really really cool so the third fic that we're going to talk about today is the parts of our sum by annie d this was published um back in 2013 um so the same year as cassis fic yeah. i think <laughs> um it's 55,000 words and it is explicit and the summary goes, Cassiel, a former soldier, has worked for the company his entire life. They've been good for him, providing clothes, shelter, and new body parts whenever necessary. Now the company's gearing up for, space, for a space exploration voyage, and Castiel's volunteered for the research team. During the preparation period, he meets Dean Winchester, who makes Castiel wonder about the things he's missed out on. <coughs> so... From, I mean, you could probably tell from the summary, I guess, though I suppose it could also be assumed from the summary that Cass is a, a robot of some kind, but that's actually not quite the case here. Cass is human, but um, kind of an augmented human in this AU. Um, Cyborg. So he has, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's got a few extra parts. If I remember correctly, it's both his arms and his lungs Yeah. at the beginning of the story, anyway. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, no spoilers. That's <laughs> his trachea. It's both of his arms. <laughs> there we go. It's a, it's a lung and a half, and his trachea, <laughs> and his and his. There we go. Both of his arms. <laughs> That's very specific. Uh, I found that whole yeah. that whole system that um, Annie D created like, to be really fascinating, though. Yeah, like I really love like anything with like kind of robotics kind of stuff in any way just continuing down the sci-fi hole (laughs) um so this (laughs) so having those kind of aspects and having it be in space perfect chef's kiss loved it (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a really cool one actually um this this is actually one of the only this is the only fic um that we're like discussing today that i had already read um aside from my own obviously but i'd read this one back when it was first published in 2013 and it's always stuck with me since then um so i didn't actually get to finish rereading it um i'm about i think i'm up to chapter eight um in my reread of it at the moment the whole time i've been rereading it i've just um it just 
remembering how exciting it was the first time and really enjoying going through it again because it's um Annie D is um Scaramouche is also um another name that Annie D goes by um but yeah her work is always incredible yeah the writing itself is so wonderful and yeah. almost lyrical in places it really is it's lovely it's beautiful um and there's always uh, I, I feel like she, she always does a really good job of um echoing canon um in in AU's um mm-hmm. and especially just just the their relationship the way that it develops is a really nice um echo of canon in that they don't really quite trust each other at first and the development is um it just really reminds me of early of early Dean Cass um on the show yeah yeah that's that's something I think I've talked about on the podcast before which is one of my favorite things in AU's when they have you know really good kind of parallels or nods mm. to canon while being in a whole other universe and uh, I really liked that in this story as well um, like we got to see the kind of different ways that they would sacrifice for each other mm. and that kind of echoed you know a lot a lot of that sacrificing that goes on <laughs> in canon yeah. so I haven't read all of this one yet I'm halfway through but um I did love the way that um sort of the action that happens is described like it's really well kind of written you know Mm. when you when you read something and you can see it playing out in your head like a movie that's when you know that someone's really got a handle on this world and they they know how to make it work yeah I just really enjoyed that I always enjoy um and this is just something in general about Annie Dee's writing but it was also very prevalent in this one I really enjoy her side characters because mm. yeah. they don't feel kind of flimsy or just shoved in for a plot point you know they they, they have a lot of depth to them I really love Kevin in this fic particularly yeah. um yes. I really like I, I kind of feel for well. him at various yeah. points <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like Benny um probably knew what he was getting into yeah Kevin on the other hand probably (laughs) went into it thinking oh great I've got this like nice calm boring cyborg dude that I'm gonna live with this is gonna be so peaceful and wonderful (laughs) that's so not what he gets in the end (laughs) definitely not oh my god I'm gonna have to finish reading this one (laughs) soon yeah please do because my favorite chapters are probably the last two yeah three um, so definitely, definitely, it, it builds up to a really good place and then surprises you. Yeah. I really, I want to mention as well that, I mean, this, this may be a very shallow thing to say, but it's a very hot story. Um, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the scene when they get together is very, very good. Um, and yeah, there's some, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great tropes that, that are used, um, masterfully. Um, yes. It is. There are a lot of uh, very hot tropes used there, <laughs> and also I don't know. I don't know if this would necessarily be a spoiler because it's just such a, a minor detail, but one that I really, really loved. You, you can make a decision to cut this out later if you want to. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. There's an aspect to the story where, as we've already talked about, that Cass's hands and well, his arms in general, but um, his hands are kind of robotic. They're not his original hands. Yeah. Um, and so for a long time, even during these like really hot scenes, like he will not touch Dean during. How, how am I phrasing this? Are we are we going like full <laughs> not safe for work on this? Or, like, yeah, well, am we'll, I coming we'll up with some really flowery right. way of? 
at, at moments of extreme passion, maybe say that. Thank you. <laughs> like at, at the peak of his emotional. <laughs> um, yeah, he can't touch Dean when he comes at all. When they're fucking. <laughs> yeah, when, when they're fucking, he can't touch him because he's worried that his hands are going to, like, I don't know, he's going to lose control of them and he could basically crush Dean completely. Oh my god. Um, and uh, it takes a while for that to be resolved. Like, that's its own kind of subplot. <laughs> and I loved that, because on the surface it sounds so ridiculous that it's a subplot that Cass might accidentally, you know, remove some body parts accidentally. <laughs> but it, it's not. It's so it's wo- like woven in so well yeah. that it's so believable, and I was so happy when, they <laughs> when you know, that whole kind of subplot gets resolved. So, okay. Super right. well done. Definitely yep. going to have to keep reading them. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> awesome. My main favourite thing about this story, uh, or kind of favourite parallel and thing that happens, I don't want to spoil for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a fairly significant um, event that happens at the end and something that Cass ends up doing, which changes, changes their dynamic instantly. Um, and it was, I mean, it's, it's one of those stories, like you're reading, you can tell that something is coming, um, but you didn't necessarily know what it was. Mm. And so when that kind of first hits you, it's, oh, and it's so well done, like the way that it's done, you know, you're not told up front, you don't necessarily have cast thinking through what's going to happen. Um, it just kind of suddenly hits you as it hits Dean. <laughs> and it's, mm. it's great. It's really good. It's, it's very well done. I know that was super vague, yeah. but <laughs> please just trust me and read the story. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, ditto, ditto on all of that. So this is told from both their points of view, right? It's like a alternating... Um, I think it's... Is it just Cass? I think I it's think just Cass. Yeah, it's just Cass. So, okay. If I'm remembering, it's just Cass, and the reason I'm remembering Dean is because there is a timestamp to this story, which I think might be partly from Dean's point of view. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a timestamp set like a couple of years later. So anybody who enjoys the story, go and find the timestamp. <laughs> it's great. Okay. I think this is definitely one of those fics where that whole building an entire world but only showing us what we need mm. um, is really evident in this story. Yes, definitely. Because uh, there is this in- entire world and government and and universe out yeah, there that we just see tiny pieces of. Yeah, um, and it's really clear that you know she's done the work. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of really good um, world builders within our fandom. I feel, oh, like, yeah. I feel like different, you know, different fandoms have different things they focus on. Um, and maybe it's because we came from like a Monster of the Week procedural kind of baby beginnings once upon a time. Um, we seem to have a lot of really good world builders and creature builders in our fanfic family, I think. Yeah, we're very spoiled. We are. Yeah. It's, when you, it's when you try to read something from a new fandom and I'm like, oh, I'm like, I could read something, they're cute. And then you click and there's like 5,000 stories. And I'm like, oof. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's such a lot, but. <laughs> and I mean, We're when just you've got, very spoiled. When you've got so few, I mean, there's, I'm sure there are some great stories in all fandoms, but you know, you've got less chance of getting something that you really love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. It's just, I mean, it's just kind of math, really, isn't it? If mm. you, if everybody has different authors and different styles of things that they click with. Yeah. So if you only really click with maybe 10% of the overall stories, 
Well, with Supernatural, that's still like 10,000 stories. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so. Oh my god. I've got a lot to get through. <laughs> We're going to be doing this podcast a well at 90. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I hope you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was joking about this on, on Twitter the other day that, um, that I'll be, it'll be the year 2051 and I'll still be logging on to Twitter to talk about, <laughs> to talk about Dean and Cass because I'm in this forever. It's so okay. It's I'll fine. be still right be there with you. you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'll be right there with you. I'll be on the podcast oversharing yeah. about my nursing home probably so <laughs> <sighs> all right shall we do the last story yep yes this is actually one that i'm really fond of so i'm very happy to introduce this one this one is a shorter fic so for anybody who's been intimidated by the length of the previous ones this one might be for you so this is skies of powdered cold by cast falls in love um, this again is a slightly older one, 2015, um, and it's just under 15,000 words. Um, it is mature. I had to double check because there's always that line between mature and explicit, which I feel like has evolved a lot over the years. Um, but we're definitely in mature territory for this one. Okay. So the summary goes, Dean Winchester went from lone space explorer joyriding through all the stars to the captain of the Impala, a hand-built scavenging ship home to the best crew this side of the universe. He and his crew own their little slice of galaxy. They scavenge, they sell, it's comfortable. Until Hannah asks if they can take in her homeless friend Castiel, another rebel seraph, and Dean ends up saying yes to a little more than he expected. So I guess we it wouldn't be complete if we didn't have a story that had kind of um, firefly kind of vibes to it, yeah. like a... Yes. A ship yeah. with a motley crew. To, I was a <laughs> split <laughs> second from bursting into the theme tune that. then, and I was like, nope, nobody needs to hear that. Well, nope. <laughs> there are there are quite a few little um, Easter eggs that I think the author must have left in there on purpose um, as nods to Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, a few little a few little bits and pieces that stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a huge overlap. I feel like between Supernatural fans and Firefly fans. Yeah. yeah. Um and. Uh, this definitely speaks to <laughs> definitely speaks to those people this was i was trying to work out this was a bang but i'm trying to work out which bag it was uh, oh, this was a dcbb too there we go so this one has art by um all lovely i think the artist's name is yes some very pretty and it's very art. pretty yeah the art. yeah it's, it's very very pretty colorful art uh so cass in this one is an angel um let me think. He's a seraph. Um, so he does have grace. So it is a little more towards canon, I guess, in that sense. And um, he's run away from his life as a seraph and is joining the crew. Um, and because he's not with the other angels anymore, he's, his grace is running out kind of thing. So he's, you know, short on grace, I guess. So he can't really use it uh, much. Um, or it might run out but this does have one of my favorite tropes is when Cass kind of goes all badass like a super saiyan type like (laughs) full on blasting his grace out I love that that is my favorite thing and this does have that (laughs) so an excellent moment um I think we all love a bit of badass motherfucker Cass right (laughs) (laughs) this also has um one of my favorite things is, a, is, is an O moment 
where a character sees another character and their internal monologue monologue says, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like so much can be said with just those two single letters, right? (laughs) Like everything we need to know is in that single word. (laughs) (laughs) Like that moment we all had when, you know, Cass walked into the barn and we were all just like. (gasps) Yes. Right? And, and, yeah. and the thing is, we had no idea then. We had no idea at that point. Yeah. But even so. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really unusual, I think, um, and really cool, um, interesting angle they've they've taken. Because, like you said, Cass is uh, Seraph. He is an angel, but that's also technically kind of an alien in this. Um, yeah, yeah, like he comes from a planet. Offset of angels, (laughs) yeah. So it was a really interesting um, approach. I thought that I hadn't seen anything like that um, done before, which I really liked. I found it interesting, and I think this is maybe one of the only fics I've ever read where this is the case, um, where that Dean knew Hannah before he knew Cass. Mm. Um, So he he kind of already had this idea of what Cass would be like because he knew Hannah, and he knew that Hannah was. Um, had already kind of rebelled and, and left this planet, and so he had a lot of preconceived notions about Cass. I think yeah. um, some of which are proved wrong <laughs> as the story goes on. Um, but I think that's interesting because when in stories where Cass is very other, um, it tends to be that Dean doesn't know anything about him, and it's a, a process of discovery. Whereas in this one, it's more a process of Dean kind of realigning what he thinks he knows with who Cass actually is. Yeah. Just a slightly different take on it that I really appreciated. (laughs) Yeah. I will say that one of my favourite things about this, like we were all just talking a moment ago about how we love a bit of, like, badass motherfucker Cass. But then... Like just just the range on this character, yeah. really, <laughs> because one of the other kind of plot points in this is that now that he's um, rebelled and left his planet, and he was this kind of awesome, you know, seraph warrior dude with all this power, all he wants to do is go to this planet that's just made of flowers. Yes, uh, and that's all, right. that, that's where he wants to go. It's so it's so lovely. <laughs> he's very soft as well yeah. as being like very badass <laughs> exactly isn't that one of the things that we all love about Cass yes. I think that we have this range because he doesn't have any preconceived notions about how he is supposed to be yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so he's so, also like a, that. like caring and whatever but also at the same time a murderer <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we love him both ways yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you knew that this uh, like this fic gets to the point quite quickly, I guess, with their with their relationship at least, because as soon as Cass comes on board, he's actually sharing Dean's quarters because they haven't got another space for him. So he's he's like sleeping on the couch basically in Dean's room. So you knew that things were going to escalate fairly quickly. Yes. Um, <laughs> but when, <laughs> when they do, it's very sweet. They actually. Um, have a really it is very sweet and we yeah. do get a nice episode of that uh the air quotes platonic bed sharing which i know so many people love that trope so come and get it it's right here <laughs> yeah. um yeah we do have a, a nice incident of that before things really pick up for them <laughs> so yep and there is there is actual 
like explicit kind of content in this like you know smart basically um i'm pretty sure even though it's rated m there is something that i might that other people might consider to be explicit yeah i think it's definitely on the uh on the borderline yeah i think the it tends to be older fix as well i think just over time things have evolved a little bit from what would previously be considered mature and explicit and we're maybe in a slightly different place now than we were kind of quite a few years ago about that Mm. um, about exactly where the the line would be i mean that line is also very tricky to navigate one person's one person's opinion of what's mature and what's explicit is probably not going to exactly match somebody else's yeah um but i do think that you know years and years ago what would have been called mature we would probably now call explicit and so on yeah so it's just how things evolve in the fanfic world yeah. So I guess, as always, just check your tags and, you know, create your own experience, people. Yeah. So That's what we love about AI. But yeah, I would, <laughs> I, you are quite right, Ellen. I would actually say that this is explicit by my... Well, is it? Yeah, mm, yeah just about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm, com- I'm coming down on explicit for this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that as soon as... Um, you know, like body parts are mentioned and it kind of goes over into... Yeah, yeah. Kind of it's, it's kind of like, how descriptive are you being? Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. Yeah. I always think of that uh, that that post that was going around several years ago, the the envelope description. I don't know if you guys yes, have seen the that. the envelope analogy. The envelope yeah. analogy. <laughs> it's a good one. It's yeah. a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> Something um, else about this fic um, that I do want to mention in terms of, of tropes that people might... Um, be interested in is there's some A plus level hurt comfort in this. Some very good yeah. tending to True. wounds um, that I very much oh, enjoy. We love a classic tending to yeah. wounds. That, that's one of my favorite tropes. And so give me tending to wounds in space. And oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder this is your favorite. <laughs> Actually, I don't think like I would be very pressed if I had to pick a favorite this week so I'm just not going to be able to do it just because they are all set in space and they all have really good tropes <laughs> so you know I'm there pack me full of some tropey space gays yes. I am done awesome <laughs> well um, considering how much we know you love it you I'm gonna I know you don't want to talk about this but I am gonna mention that you have several space gays <laughs> fix of your own is one of the like we were saying that the the tag like the, the sort of in our fandom there aren't that many um but your fix make up a, a large part of it <laughs> to say <laughs> so you do, oh, earlier you did rude. talk about the one that that um was on mars so you've got um personal space which is the one where dean goes to mars and meets a martian <laughs> um yes which is starts out being a wonderfully creepy kind of um, story of something being out there and he not knowing what it was. Um, and then you've got the second part of that, when, which is when they both end up back on Earth, So, which turns into like a big sort of fluffy love fest. <laughs> so um, um, the, sec- the second part is called Earthly Desires. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so um, if, you'd I, love, uh, if you need more... Just blushing over um, here now. Yeah, more... Um, <laughs> fluffy like you know tropey space gaze with added tentacles yeah and <laughs> I, I do have to speak up and say that um personal space also has really really fantastic art by the friendly pigeon yeah. um 
which I'm just so fond of. <laughs> it came out of, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head whether it was um, SPN Reverse Bang or Destiel Reverse Bang, but it was one or the other, <laughs> yeah. which that um, originated from. So gotta give gotta give props to Pigeon for the art in that one. This one, I actually haven't, I haven't read these, but I am definitely going to because all of those things oh, no, it's I am fine. on board for. <laughs> Yes. It's, it's no, fine. I've you as, no, 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 as you you've must. been describing this here. I've opened it up. I've got it ready. My my next th- oh, that's, my. that's getting bumped up my list. Um, <laughs> just just to, do read the tags because there is some Mprag um kind of Okay. You know, in the second part. Okay. Yeah. Not not yeah, the story. Only only in the sequel. Okay. Tentacle yeah. porn basically. I mean, but, I'm fine <laughs> but with it's that. wonderful. That part of it I'm fine with. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the Emperor part is very, very non-traditional cool. in um, how it works, and uh, it's only in the second part. But as I always say to any readers, just DM me if you have questions, and I'll tell you what to skip. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it leads to some of the most completely adorable alien kind of human babies that you've ever seen, so <laughs> it's worth yes. it. It's worth it. Excellent. Which, again, there is really adorable art, um, which uh, Sunny produced which oh, yeah that's right. of, like tiny little babies with wings oh. <laughs> like, <clears throat> yes so i'm going off into a little mushy puddle about alien babies with wings but <laughs> i'm gonna have to reread it all now um, no it's okay you don't have to do that yes i do it's amazing <laughs> um and oh so God. also not only that but you've also got your um your work in progress um oxygen which is uh actual space in space like in a spaceship um yes. which i can't wait to read what's coming next because i know you've been working on it again yay yeah. um yes so i have, have a chapter of... for that one coming out in the next i'm gonna say probably two weeks um yay. there will be a chapter for that one so and that is very 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 different to red the other story it actually loops back a, yeah, yeah loops back to red dwarf how you were mentioning earlier mm. um so it's that story is a Dean and Cass wake up in space um, and they're on a ship of three million people and they're the only people awake. Um, so one, the one thing that I always try to tell people about that one, and I think I'm going to make like a long author's note about this at some point, um, is that there was, um, this, this particular that story came from a prompt um, that somebody gave to me on think it was Facebook I think it might have been Jen that gave me that Mm -hmm. um and at first glance I guess that the concept is probably similar to I'm struggling to remember the name of the movie um Passengers I think there was a movie where two people wake up and they're in space but that like was slightly creepy I feel like he'd been like watching her for a long time I can't remember what it was but it was it was like he woke her up (laughs) so that he would have someone to be like to keep him company or something yeah, yeah, like it was very verging on a lot of yeah. kind of non-con stuff there. Um, this is absolutely nothing like that. It's very, it's much more like Red Dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> There's a huge difference between. <laughs> oh yeah, like you could not be further apart there. Uh, but yes, they have a scatterbrained um, AI that uh, is operating the ship with them. Her name is Meg, the Megaship Engineering Guide. And uh, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's very, it's, it is more red dwarfy, but at the same time, there is a very kind of uh, serious, dark kind of um, element running through it, which 
anybody who reads it will will work this out. They'll <laughs> they'll know. It, it is tagged, and it's it's tagged for a reason with things like um, body horror and cosmology stuff like that. Um, but it's it's mostly funny, I think. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Look, you did a great job of talking about your own fic there. Well done, yeah. cookie for you. <laughs> you get a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that there are a cu- there are a couple of people that specifically requested that that I talk about stuff, and I've been excellent. I've been well done. Okay, <laughs> trying That's to be less of an idiot, but ugh. um, now we've got a few other fix that we can mention just in passing. I will mention one um that I read um as part of. I'm pretty sure it was part of the last um media big bang as well um this one's called the love of a righteous man and it's by sergeant mum 573 um this one is a star wars uh verse fig so it doesn't have it's not a crossover it doesn't have star wars characters but it's um dean and sam and cass in um in star wars verse and you know like jedi and sith and all that kind of thing um it does have sort of um, dom sub kind of um, parts of it in, in it um, but it's only you know 24,000 words long so it's not super long one um, worth a read because I quite enjoyed that one okay well the one the one that I would like to talk about is the long road home series by Donis Donis I don't know how you want me to pronounce that I'm sure that she'll yell at me and tell me um, <laughs> but this was I think the f- first part of this so uh, Donis wrote it for DCBB 2018. It is, altogether this is 300,000 words. It's like a three-part series. Um, and it is set in space, <laughs> as you would imagine. Um, it's based on or inspired by an original work, um, a book by, I think it's pronounced Alice um, Rasmussen. It could be Alice, I don't know. I'm just great with names. Um, it is a space opera and it's 300,000 worlds altogether. It's, it's broken into three parts, kind of three separate books. Um, so three whole separate fics that you can read. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if I remember correctly from when I read it, that if you do read just kind of one part, you will be kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger. It's definitely, you know, intended to be read as one big space opera. Yeah. Um, and it is the story of how Dean and Sam, um, who were born on a mining planet called Kansas, um, the journey that they go on when Bobby Smith, who obviously is our beloved Bobby and is the master of a martial arts academy where they both kind of train and kind of were, were partly raised, obviously. We, we know how things usually go with Bobby. Um, he is kidnapped by alien bounty hunters and uh, Dean kind of th- throws away the, the life that he knew um, to go and try and track down Bobby. Um, and on the way he meets um, Castiel, alien Castiel in this one. Um, and he takes with him Baby, his his um, singing robot. <laughs> or make, making cute little noises, I guess, you know. <laughs> you, can, you can take that however you want, but... Um, awesome. Baby has a, a really great personality in this one. I love it when Baby is like a robot or a spaceship or like something in these kind of fics. Like I really love that when we get to see more Baby than we're used to. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, what's the name of the first fic in that series? 
So the first fic in the series is not in Kansas anymore. Okay. Um, I did, I finally found the um, thing that I was thinking of, um, which is a fic called Paper Planes um, by Zero Stumbling 33 um, mm-hmm. which the, uh, it's essentially the, the um, so there's been a third world war that's decimated the earth um, and some people still live on earth even though it's um, you know crumbling and horrible um, but then there are more fortunate people who live on a um, like a station that is um, suspended above the atmosphere um, and Dean is a water delivery pilot so he brings water from the out the outer um, like edges of the atmosphere they collect clean water from before it gets polluted um, to bring down oh. to the um, people that are still on the earth um, and I wish I could remember a lot more about it but I can't remember a huge amount about it I just remember really enjoying it um, and it does have that element of um, Cass is actually the it's sort of like a switch where Dean is the one that's out living in a, an unusual sort of place and, and Cass is, is the grounded one he's the best friend from um, that still lives on earth that um that dean comes and and visits um and yeah it's a it's an unusual one but it's um it's really quite interesting um just the yeah it's called paper planes it's um it's rated e um and i think it was for a a bang as well i'm gonna double check yes dcbb 2014 um because obviously the this the station that's um, suspended is sort of on the edge of the atmosphere, I guess you could um, your mileage may vary on whether or not it counts as a space fic, but um, there are you know scenes set on this um, on this sort of station um, that's floating in the air <laughs> above the clouds, yeah. um, and I just there's a lot of really cool visuals in there as well. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Definitely yeah. give that a go. So check that one out. Um, I'd like to give another like really quick short out uh, shout out as well. Yeah. Um, so if somebody just wants to dip in to the whole science fiction space kind of deal, um, I'd actually like to give a shout out to A Human Heart by Sharkfish. Mm. Um, now Sharkfish writes amazing fics, really, really prolific author. So I'm sure everybody probably knows who Sharkfish is Um, if not then go and check them out because um, they write a lot of really good stories like this one Human Heart is only just over 3,000 words 3,231 but it features um, astronaut Castiel who is um, demisexual in this fic and um, artificial intelligence Dean so at the beginning of this uh, fic Dean doesn't really have a body per se um he's an ai he can kind of you know he has a projected form you could say um mm-hmm. so he, he he exists in castiel's world but he's he's not human um and obviously this is the story about how castiel falls in love with the ai but um <laughs> there's there's just such a lot that goes on in this story and such a fantastic world um, that Sharkfish creates in only 3,000 words. Nice. So awesome. I think that this is just like a really good like 
starter space slash AI fic for people <laughs> if they want to go and look at that one. I'll definitely read that. I'm a I'm a huge sucker for um for AI. Yeah, and I really liked this one because it's kind of a flip of what we often see. Like we quite often see Cass as the robot, as the AI, because yeah. of obviously his like yeah. otherness in mm. canon. Yeah, I mean that's um, what I've that's what I've written is um is Cass's yeah. As a so um, this was a really nice kind of flip of that as well. And and Dean is the AI in this, but he is not um, robotic in any mm. way. Like literally, the, the summary points out that he is crass and obnoxious and just <laughs> he's 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 Dean. You know, he is Dean. So that sounds awesome. Well, um, we've got to say thank you very much, Cass, for coming to talk to us about Space Gaze. <laughs> thank you for inviting me. It's been awesome. No worries. Um, what, so what's next for you? You're, you're one of the mods for Pinefest. I think we spoke to yes. Mittens back, back right at the start of our <laughs> podcast. <Yeah. but laughs> so you're right in the middle of um, getting ready for Pinefest stuff to happen, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so posting starts on April 10th. Um, I think April 10th. Let me just double check that I'm not saying completely wrong thing. Yes, April 10th. Um, um, <laughs> I was about to say, yep, it is April 10th because that's me. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's when I post. That's right. You, yeah, you did You did request an early posting date. So, <laughs> right. And, and, so I was I like, mean, well. And they really <laughs> delivered. <laughs> you really went for it yeah. on that whole early thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, April 10th so. is when posting will start. Um, and yeah, so that's going to be fun. This is the fifth year already, which is wild. Oh, wow. um, yeah. But yeah, lots of really cool stuff coming this time. So that's coming up soon. And yeah, other than that, I'm just slowly plugging away at a zillion um, works in progress that I... So my, my yeah, my, my plan for this year is to... Um, I, I really want to finish out this year with no pending works in progress like half published on AO3 um, so I'm trying to focus on getting all of those partially published fix finished um, so mm -hmm. fingers crossed that I'll actually manage to do that because as usual the plot bunnies keep on popping up and demanding yeah, to be written <laughs> yes so if you have any space plot bunnies just, just, just well, those, it, those, are, those are plot tribbles I think <laughs> <laughs> and they multiply. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. We can't wait. Um, well, thank you very much uh, for Pinefest, actually, I have to say, oh, because yeah. as, as as I've mentioned on the podcast before, it's definitely one of my favorite bangs to write for. Oh, like, cool. Even like this year, I told myself I had no time and that I wouldn't be able to do it. And I just couldn't not do it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> it's funny. I just um, couldn't not do it. It's funny that... My very selfish reasons for starting a um, starting a bang was I, I ran I'd run out of fix with the hugest amount of pining that I really craved, and so I thought, well, you know what? If I start a challenge that specifically requires pining, then people <laughs> will write more pining fix, and it's paid off. So <laughs> it really has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. And that and that is how I met Ellen too. Oh, really? So you are yeah. technically Cass. You are responsible for this entire podcast. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> I was just pulling up my statistics on here because I um because I recently I got I, I was procrastinating um in a creative way and I <laughs> decided to add up the total collective word count um for the Pine Fest over the years and 
up up to this point, so not including the fix that are going to be published in about a month's time, um, there are four million three hundred fifty thousand two hundred twenty eight words of of Dean Cass fic. Wow, <laughs> that have been published wow. as part of the Pine Fest, which is insane. Oh my god, all uh, the cookies amazing. for you. Yes, it's amazing. So That's it, what it that really is. it Thank really you for paid every off. Word. All those authors. <laughs> yes. Yes. And two hundred ninety two. Everyone loves a good pine, don't they? Yes. So. Yes, and it's especially these two. These two fools. It's very, um, it's very suitable for them. It's very on brand for them, <laughs> it is. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's arguably the most canon trope. It is. So it is. You know. So definitely looking forward to all of those Pine Fest fix that are coming up. Yeah. And to you finishing all your whips as well. Well, like, I hope so. <laughs> we believe in you. You got this. Thank you. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Links to all the figs that we discussed today um, will be found on our website, mixtapebookclub.com, and you can get in touch with us via the website. You can leave us a comment on the post, or you can get in touch with us in other ways to scream at us about space gaze or tell us what you thought about all these figs if you've read any of them. Um, we are on Twitter and Tumblr and all the different places under at mixtapebookclub. Or you can email us, um, contact at mixtapebookclub.com. Or if you'd like to chat with us on Discord, you can do that through the Profound Bond Discord server um, where we have our own channel and you can get updates on when new episodes are posted there too. And please do come and join us next episode where we're going to be discussing a really classic time-honored trope of there was only one bed. Ah, how do I do an exclamation point on a podcast? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you again soon and as always remember that the story isn't over until we say it is